0: You're listening to Creative Thursday, episode number 282. Welcome to Creative Thursday with Marisa Ann Cummings. We're talking all things life, business, and creativity with a special focus on helping artists confidently and consistently sell their creations to their ideal collectors online. Intended to inspire and empower you wherever you are on your creative journey, both personally and professionally, enjoy and thank you for listening. Welcome to a personal episode of Creative Thursday. I just want to give you that heads up right away in case you're only here for art and business. However, as is often the case for artists, our personal life absolutely weaves into our business life because I'll speak for myself, my art is personal and I have learned and I'm still learning to separate myself more from the business because when you're starting a business, it certainly feels like it's you in the beginning because it kind of is you, but it's really important to establish those boundaries, if you will, between your personal Identity and the business identity, it just helps so that it doesn't quite feel like you're embodying the business all the time. And I share this with you to say that what I'm going to be talking about on a personal level today very much has to do with the business. So, technically, this is a more personal episode and it completely influence the way that I ran my business and the way I intend to run my business going forward. So let me set the stage for you. If you're new to me, you may not know this story. And if you know the story, I will share more details with you in this episode. I will give you a heads up when I get to more personal description of health and body and wellness. And that way, if you'd like to continue to the listen, continue to listen to the episode, you still can, but you could fast forward and, or you could just check out if you're not interested in the other part of this personal conversation, which is, has to do with women's reproductive health. And you might say, okay, wait, Maurice, hold on. So we're talking about an art business, creative business. We're also talking about women's reproductive health. And this is a personal episode for you. Yes, that's my quick recap for you. Almost two weeks ago from the time this episode goes live, I had a surgery I had my first surgery where this is where I'm going to start being a little graphic, okay? (laughs) So you can skip forward. I totally respect the squeamish. I have been one myself, but I will say that as time progresses in my life and I've had different experiences around my fertility journey, which I have talked about here on the podcast And I shared recently on my or in my email to my email friends, thank you for listening. Or rather, thank you for reading the email list and thank you for listening to the podcast. So I shared with you a few weeks ago in light of the decisions that have been made here regarding Roe v. Wade in the US, that I felt inspired to share more of my journey with you in the hopes that it may help you, a young woman you know, a woman like me who is more of a perimenopausal stage, and everything in between. And specifically, of course, any women you know who may be going through fertility challenges. And then I also say, not just women, any partnerships, any couples, any people going through fertility challenges, because we live at a time where you can now have a surrogate carry your baby. And so I'm hoping that what I can share over time, not all in today's episode, don't worry, but I'm hoping that what I Choose to share will be helpful for anyone on this journey to parenthood. And then, specifically for women who we all have our reproductive health to consider at different stages of our life. And I'm realizing we're not really having enough of the conversations that I know would have been helpful for me. And so, I will preface all of this again by saying. I respect any sense of privacy or if you feel squeamish about certain topics, I totally get it. Simultaneously, I think that if we continue to not just learn how to have healthy conversations around our bodies and our health and all the miraculous things they do, especially as women, which includes bleeding every single month, We're going to continue to stay in sort of the dark ages around this. And I believe that a lot of what has happened here is due to the fact that we don't have all the information, that this isn't something political that I'm speaking about. This is about human rights. It's about health and wellness. And. Today, I am just specifically talking about the surgery I had. So now coming back to the surgery I had, if you are squeamish, press pause or fast forward or challenge yourself and say, I can go on this. I can go on this journey. It's okay. Whatever works best for you. There's just no way to really talk around it. And certainly, I'm not here to try and be gory with you. Okay. We don't have all that going on. This is not a thriller film either. So, I went in for surgery and I have had surgery before, all connected to my uterus and specifically to fibroids. And the surgeries I've had before are what are called outpatient, and I was not cut. I've never had my body cut open technically for a surgery. And in this case, that's what happened. It is similar to a C section, but instead of having my baby, I had fibroid babies. And if you aren't sure what a fibroid is, I would definitely look it up. I don't have all the specific definitions in front of me, but basically, it is a mass, a growth. I don't know if they're actually referred to as tumors. They are mostly benign on very rare instances. My doctor spoke to me about the fact that they can be cancerous in the uterus, but more often than not, they are benign, but they are growing in a large number of women's uterus. And I do not have stats to back that up, I'm just talking about my personal circle of women I know, and when I open up about this conversation, it's amazing how many people begin sharing with me, oh, I had fibroids, I had a hysterectomy, or I had fibroids and I was able to deliver my babies, I didn't even know that I had them, or I have fibroids and I have a really, really intense period every single month. And It fascinates me and it's a conversation that I'd like to have. So if you're listening to this, you are a medical professional, you have any insight as to have these always been happening for women and we just didn't know about it as much, I'm assuming, because technology has increased incredibly. I mean, the surgery alone is amazing to me how, how I'm sitting here almost 10 days later and feeling pretty well, not 100%, but I can't believe that I had the surgery I did and I'm doing as well as I am because it's quite a serious surgery and it happens often for women. Essentially, it is like I was saying, the same as you having a C-section. And so coming back to what I started here around this conversation. And then I want to specifically talk to my friends who've had surgery, because it's really important I share some things with you. But I would like to know if we are seeing an increase in fibroids being reported in women. Is it because we are, there are more women waiting late? later longer to have families. So then they may be undergoing fertility treatments and finding out about them that way. That's how I found out about my fibroids. It wasn't until I was 37 that I realized even, or even heard of them for the first time, had no idea. It was not a conversation or something that ran in my family that anybody was aware of. I would not consider these to be something genetic and But again, I'm speaking as a person who's experiencing them, not as a medical professional. So I'm curious, is does it have to do with the pill? I don't know. I don't know. I will definitely be interested to find out more information. And like I said, if you have any insight and you want to share it with me, the best place to connect with me from the podcast is really to send me a DM over on Instagram at Creative Thursday. And as part of my intent in having these conversations and I will label the podcast so you know which podcasts are going to be on a more personal level like this. If you choose to tune in, if you choose not to, I'm not at the place where I want to create an entirely separate podcast channel for this conversation. And part of that, like I said, is due to the fact that I believe that the way that I've chosen to run my business has a lot to do with why I have fibroids, why they have grown in the way that they have over all of these years. The simplest way I can say it is that a lot of times people get tension headaches. I get those as well. But whenever I would overdo it, in my business with a certain kind of anxiety, like uh, just a tension and a determination, which determination is a good quality. But you know, when you're pushing past done I would always feel the tension in my uterus. I would almost have a uterus ache and I would think, oh no, am I making the fibroids worse? Or am I also just hyper aware of my uterus? Because for all these years, close to 20 years, I have taken breaks in between. I have been on a fertility journey as well. And so once you become very aware of Your female reproductive system, you can't not be aware of it. I know when I ovulate. I know when to expect my cycle. I sense things. And what's also interesting about this sort of seat in our body is it's a very, on a spiritual level, I hear again and again, it's a very powerful center to a woman. And also for creativity, right? I believe, and again, I am not experienced in this. so I believe that the chakra that is located in this part of any human's body is very much connected to creativity and specifically with women, you know, birthing babies, and then I'm often birthing ideas. So another theory, theory, no proof to back this up, as we, well, As We as women are on this journey to have more rights to both when it comes to our reproductive rights and also rights in a career sense, in a professional sense, and just as a population in general, sometimes I wonder if the burden of that, the stress of that has actually impacted us physically in the very center of our body, because I find it interesting when I talk about my personal circle and how many women have either had a hysterectomy or have had fibroids removed or just have had difficulty with them. I notice a lot of them are also entrepreneurs, just saying, but I have no study again to back this up. These are just questions I'm pondering at this stage of my journey, which brings me to the shortest version of what happened. I guess I actually haven't gotten to the squeamish part yet where it's not even too squeamish, quite honestly, but in this surgery, in my prior fibroid surgeries, which I had spoken about when I was 37, so about 12 years ago. I didn't know at the time that I went in for the first one, which we thought, oh, this is her fertility issue because I had one blocking the entire uterus. And I went to a doctor who specialized in removing them for fertility and he was able to remove it going in vaginally, internally, which I think, well, it's called a hysteroscopy. This procedure I had is called a myomectomy. and At the time, I had fibroids on the outside of my uterus, but in fertility, very often, those are not the issue because they're not impacting the inner wall where an embryo is going to implant. But mine over all these years, my last fertility treatment before the one I had just recently was in, it was about seven years ago. Well, fibroids don't disappear. They may. If they do, there are alternative methods where I've heard maybe you can shrink them, but typically a fibroid is going to grow with you over all these years. Not at a super fast rate, but I have had the interior of my uterus, I've had about three or four hysteroscopies over the years since that one when I was 37, where I felt so fortunate to wake up and not go through the surgery I just went through. And a lot of that, quite honestly, not only had to do with fear of recovery time, but fear of the cost, even with insurance, which that's a whole, with health insurance, that is a whole other conversation that I'm thinking a lot about as well. And because we not only have the stress of our health in this country, but we have massive amounts of stress sometimes to pay for that. Uh, And I'm not even speaking about fertility, which is, almost never covered by insurance. Another conversation for another day. So this particular surgery, I had these fibers that had been growing. I don't know when the first one started. I have no idea. Probably in my 30s, maybe my 20s. We found it when I was 37. I'm guessing my 30s. And that's where I always thought, did these start when I started my business? I don't know. I just know that I went into extreme states of stress and the early to mid parts of my thirties for choices I made in life, not blaming anyone, just me. And not only choices, but how I chose to handle the risks that I was willingly taking. And that's where I'm saying when we internalize this kind of stress, it has to go somewhere in our body. Now, let me quickly also segue and say, as I learn more about the subconscious mind, I've spoken about traumas, which every human being has gone through trauma, whether it's a small trauma, they say, or big trauma, I don't fully know how you define that. But a human being comes with all kinds of experiences. And the The ones that are the most impactful are ages zero to seven when the subconscious mind is forming. And then we begin living out the patterns of what was created then based on the traumas that we had and the positive experiences we had as well. We begin living out patterns in our life from that perspective. Now, I also tend to believe that if we're holding on to trauma or experiences that were really difficult, where does that stress go in the body? So these are all just thoughts that I ponder in trying to understand how this happens because I am basically, I feel especially after this experience, I feel incredibly fortunate to have a healthy life. And this, like I said, was my first surgery, my first overnight hospital stay and so I had this deep appreciation, I guess now is as good a time to uh, as any to share with you how much empathy and compassion I have for you. If you have been through a surgery, you've been afraid in your health in any way, which is probably all of us at one time or another, right? if you have been through multiple surgeries and hospital stays, and then for all the women who are giving birth and having C-sections and delivering naturally, I, gosh, I have so much extra appreciation for you and empathy for any of the fears or challenges that you go through. Because like I said, I tend to be a more private person. This isn't necessarily something that I'm like, yay, let's talk about my fibroids and my fertility journey. Yeah, let's put that out there for everybody. No, it's that I've realized this time around, I have allowed myself to be vulnerable and open up to people about this journey. And it has been incredibly helpful because I've gotten great insight I have felt so much camaraderie and compassion and the awareness that we're not alone in what we go through and and really like I said gosh if I could have like four different careers or start about five nonprofits I have so many areas in the world that I would like to make a difference. So we're just starting here and I I love you. I can't I can't even believe what you may have been through. On this journey called being a human being and taking care of your health. I know, as I was starting to say, that when I open up about my experiences, that's when the conversation gets going. That's when it starts. That's when someone else shares a story with me. And even in light of Roe v. Wade and the conversations I started having with women who are on all different sides of the pro choice or pro life equation, I realized that. Wow, I just didn't know how many people who have had children have been through so many different experiences around that. And so, like I said, this is why I feel that it is important to have more conversations around this. So I'm also hoping as we move forward to bring you guests and that we can take this conversation further but we're doing one thing at a time. So the reason that I wanted to talk to you about this surgery, and like I said, it went well. There are in this type of surgery, just if you find yourself here or you find yourself afraid of being here because the anticipation was definitely stressful, but I have a a lovely, lovely doctor, which makes all the difference in the world, honestly. Whatever you can do, please choose and try to find doctors who, with whom you feel safe and you feel confident and comfortable because it is really stressful, right? And there are no stitches that are removed. They are all internal. Apparently, there are five layers of them, as I remind myself to sit up straight and to keep this short so I can lay down again. but. They will dissolve internally. The scar is really low over your pubic bone and it will heal over time. And, you know, it's significant for sure. Doesn't really bother me at this stage of my life. I feel like I've earned it, I feel sort of proud of the courage that it took for me personally to make this decision and to move forward. But I cannot believe that there are no stitches because I have, you know, have, well, my, my mom went through breast cancer and I remember being with her at her surgery and her having staples in her body. Now, I don't know if this is now common for most surgeries that you don't have staples or you don't have actual stitches. This may be just in this case, And also there's no cutting of your abdominal muscles. In my case, I don't know if that's different for a C-section, but that was a big concern for me. I certainly still feel it and I'm very limited on my mobility. However, there's a way that they cut and they go in between, as the doctor said, sort of the curtain of your abdominal of how they stitch you together. Just interesting facts, should you find yourself there. And they, by they, he successfully removed six growths, fibroids from the outside of my uterus. So currently the interior is clear because I had just gone through a hysteroscopy in April. I thought I was clear. I went for a fertility treatment, which I will talk to you more about that at another time. And it was through this process, I do not go for fertility locally. I actually fly to a location on the East Coast. I love working with my doctor there who was trained here in California, but recognized that the cost with which to operate a business and then the cost that you then have to pass on to your fertility clients is, it is really high here. And a lot of that has to do with just the rent that these doctors have to pay, more on all of that later. So this doctor I hadn't seen for an ultrasound in quite a while, and he was concerned by the amount of fibroids he saw on the outside. And so, yes, there is a part of me that wanted to say, why didn't no one bring this to my attention sooner that this would even be a concern? until we're like right at the point of where we're gonna transfer an embryo because for the longest time, it wasn't a point of concern. Women deliver babies all the time and get pregnant with fibroids. This is the mystery, the magic that we don't know. Why does it not impact some? Why does it impact others? When you are coming down to a fertility treatment that you've invested a lot in both financially, emotionally, time, everything, right? Maybe in my case, travel. You wanna make sure that everything is queued up for the best possible outcome. And there's still between a, you know, depending on your age, depending on if you do a donor egg, depending on so many factors, there's still only between a 10 or a three, 50% chance. And you're going to do your best, right? To get the, get that pendulum to swing into a hundred percent chance of, of conceiving of having this embryo implant. And so you're just taking a chance. Everyone knows that, but why not stack the deck in our favor? And so because of this, this is why We thought, well, if I really am able to do this again, which I'm still waiting to see how I heal, there are still some questions I have around whether this will be possible for me again, we might as well take care of this. And so I'm going to share with you the decision I made because technically this was an elective surgery. And and, or it may have been one, depending on when I go into menopause, which we don't know when that will be exactly, it may have been one that would have had to happen in a couple of years. And it may have led to, you know, a hysterectomy, which ideally just on a health level is not something that I want. And so, because of my fertility journey, because I have had fibroids removed. You know, if I hadn't been on a fertility journey other than having really heavy periods at different stages in, in my, in being a woman, I would have had no idea that these were in my body and I might've reached a point as I know many women do where you go in for your period and you come out, you know, conversations later, of course, but without, unless it's urgent. I have heard of those stories as well. You come out without your uterus. So this is why it's important to have this conversation, whether you choose to have children or not. If I didn't have a fertility journey, I'd have no idea. And I was apparently, allegedly, I don't know. I've had experiences where I don't feel very tolerant to pain and apparently my doctor thinks I am based upon the amount of fibroids I had and how it wasn't really causing me a ton of issues at this stage. But basically, I've been dealing with those for years. And so I chose for two reasons. One, if I can do a fertility treatment, again, I would love the opportunity to try and carry my own child. And to. I would love the opportunity for better health and better quality of life until I reach menopause. Because in menopause, they do shrink, the doctor was telling me by 15%, but you're still carrying them. And I'm not squeamish about this anymore. I asked my doctor to take a photo. He offered to take a photo of what was removed and to share it with me. And I feel better i feel well i was feeling healthy but i can only imagine what that was creating in my body from inflammation to energy draining certainly be aware that fibroids can absolutely cause anemia which has a whole other a whole other series of effects if you are feeling anemic you might want to find out about that Excuse me, if you're feeling super low energy, it may be due to anemia. It's always an easy blood level to get checked. And I, I want to, this is the part of this episode where I want to talk to you about how grateful I feel. And also just record it for myself. Because I have woken up day after day. It hasn't just been one moment. It's been every day since with so much gratitude. Gratitude for something that I was incredibly afraid of for many years, which is a reminder that a lot of times what we're afraid of, if you just go into it, it's how I've been describing it. If you can instead of, I am recording this on a video as well. And so if you're listening to me just with audio, I'm kind of pushing my hands up in front of me, like you know, where you're bracing yourself. That visual that's how we approach what scares us. And what I have been attempting to do, and what this fertility journey has really is it has almost forced me into diving in. So now I'm taking my hands. I have no choice. I want to and I'm excited to see our family come together. That could be any number of ways at this stage. I don't know. I'm open to that. But I still just take one step in front of me. And this is the step I'm taking. I was so afraid of it. And then I just felt like, wow, I have been given a second chance. I have been given a chance at better health. I have been given a chance at a bit of a do-over when it comes to how I manage my stress. And I may be given another chance to carry our baby. There's so many factors that weigh into this. I'm grateful for the doctor who took care of me. I am mostly grateful for the hospital staff There were about eight to 10 people that ended up working with me as nurses, right? Between night shift and pre-op and post-op and during the operation, which I'm basically out. Or I mean, I was out for that operation. And and then night shift, I think I already mentioned that. Anyway, pretty much everyone was great. So really unique times. I know that we're understaffed and gosh, I don't think nurses get paid enough is another conversation, And they're just running all day, all night to help so many people dealing with many different health challenges. And I'm grateful for the support that I got. I'm also grateful to be out of the hospital, to have only been there for one day. And I just, I don't even know if I can articulate it, but I was not given a life-threatening diagnosis. I was given about that someone was willing to help me do something about. And I feel grateful for that. Like I have this chance to continue to, like I said, take even better care of myself. And you know, a lot of times people want to credit diet, or if you have alcohol, which I um, I love wine, I drink alcohol, I drink coffee. I also eat mostly a protein and vegetable based diet, kind of minimal gluten, if you will, or minimal carbs. Sort of found over the years what seems to work best with my body. There is no answer to this there are people that don't drink any alcohol that have fibroids that are vegan. I've had a lot of conversations with women about the situation because I'm trying to figure out, well, what is it exactly? And, you know, sometimes it feels like we live in a time where you can't enjoy or do anything that we're basically shouldn't eat anything. We should just drink water. And you know, maybe I didn't even drink enough water. That's something that could also be. It's very easy to take situations like this and especially around fertility to really start blaming yourself. And if I haven't mentioned this before, I'm certainly happy to receive insight, but let me clarify, I'm not asking for advice on these situations. And if you're new to me and you don't know my story or you haven't been with me for years where I've shared parts of, of this journey i have done everything i have well everything probably not know right acupuncture uh, nutrition and diet herbal chinese herbs i did everything i could Jinshin jitsu my mom was practitioner for a while reiki meditation I've done yoga. I mean, I still do yoga and I want to come back to meditation. These are not just practices around fertility, right? But these are often recommendations. Yes, I've gone on vacation. Yes, I've had sex on vacation. Yes, I've been relaxed in my life. So this is bigger than that. So just please don't send me any notes that say any of that. Because I've been on my own journey or that try to advise me in those directions, if you truly have something that you think would be helpful. But honestly, I think it's best for a lot of us on this journey to find our way, and maybe have those conversations with people in person versus having people send us notes about it. It is deeply personal. And if I'm going to hear something from someone, I need to have a certain trust in them. And certainly, people have made recommendations to me in the past that were very helpful because we didn't even touch upon what I discovered as an autoimmune issue. And not in terms of presenting as an illness, but presenting as your body thinks it's not safe to keep an embryo autoimmune, which is really important to know before you start doing IVF treatments. And so I have talked about this in certain places. I don't want to hold up on this. If if you are interested in knowing more about anything that I'm sharing here, please reach out if you're in the middle of this and you're like, Marisa, wait, what are you talking about? Autoimmune. The one book or recommendation is Your Baby is Not Body Friendly. And that was created by Dr. Alan Beer. He's no longer with us. However, autoimmune research is almost, oh, those notifications, just never know when they're coming. (laughs) It's almost equivalent to IVF research. And so I find it interesting not that we're not talking about autoimmune issues as much because if you were able to approach a fertility issue from this angle, it may save you from even needing to do IVF, which I have had really, even though it hasn't quote unquote worked for me in the way that I have hoped thus far, I've actually really had good experiences around IVF. So I want to be sure to share that with you as well so that you're not afraid. Gosh, I have been afraid on so many parts of this journey and I wish I wasn't, because I would have moved quicker on certain situations and decisions. And simultaneously, it's all exactly as it needs to be. I really do believe that. And where I stand today, I just have this chance at a new version of health for me. And it's not something I wanna take for granted. And I don't wanna miss a minute of my life and the time that I have here and left on this planet. I just have so much appreciation, especially for the people close to me in my life, especially to the people who have really supported me on this part of my journey. Boy, the appreciation just runs so deep. And that is an incredible gift because sometimes we're just on autopilot and You know, we're kind of taking for granted what our body does for us on autopilot every day and how it's trying to care for us and and in subtle, not so subtle ways, trying to let us know that maybe we might want to slow down a little. And certainly a forced slowdown for me has been really insightful, has led to so many ideas and inspiration and insight of which this podcast is one. It's been really hard for me not to want to act on those. As you know, if you're following me on Instagram, I did some conversations from the sofa. I just wanted to record what was coming up. And so who would say, wow, you know, having a surgery can be such a transformational experience and it can open you to all this possibility and ideas and empathy and appreciation. I mean, that, you know, ideally, I don't want a scar for that. Ideally, I don't want downtime for that of healing. And at the same time, I am grateful for it. So it's a reminder to take what scares us, dive in to you will kind of come through it. You will to really think about how we're choosing to interpret what's happening to us in our lives. Because really that's the only thing that we do have control over is just how do I want to make this make sense for me? And that's going to be very personal and very individual for, for you. But this is how I make this make sense for me. And trust me, this has not been an easy journey. This has been similar to how the fibroids sort of taken my energy without me realizing it. This whole journey has taken energy from me in regards to how I grow my business in regards to how I feel that I am able to show up in the world. It's, I didn't think that I was letting it do that, but I did. And so symbolically getting these fibroids out is like, that's gone. That past Marisa is gone. It's over. and. It's now present Marisa is here and she is not the same person that went in for that surgery. And I know I'm not like a big proclamation, you know, person of like, this is an overnight change. It is a culmination of a year of therapy, a culmination of years of fertility treatments, a culmination of a choice to take better care of my health and to make a choice that scared me in you know uh, what is the word i'm looking for as basically in exchange for years of better health right a temporary healing time to have years of more energy and and feeling better and feeling proud also i'm feeling proud of that cur- the courage that it has taken me to do that and acknowledging that the whole journey So it's not really overnight, but it kind of feels like it is. I can't go back to how I've done things. And I've talked about that here on the podcast many times as you hear me try to find what I like to call instead of balance, a harmony of how I, a harmony of how I work and experience life and create art and bring that into my business and and the, how I look forward to having a family and finding harmony with that. There isn't the scale. It's not equivalent. you know, sometimes in certain seasons, you're putting more energy into one area of life. And all of this, well, what I was saying is that I can't go back to, Old ways of doing things because that's coming from a fearful place, anxiety, stress. And I want to add part of the stress that I've talked about is that I had to borrow money while well, I went through my savings. Then I was so dedicated to this path that I chose to take a risk on myself, bet on me and borrow money to come into this business. And I remember very specifically how stressful that was. It was not anything I had done before. And I didn't know for sure that I could really do this, but enough of me believed it that, yes, I worked out. I made it happen. But it has been this weight that I've carried internally, mentally, because on paper, there's no debt. Sean and I were able to purchase a home in Los Angeles. and, My business has had years and times where it has made good money and that didn't calm the anxiety either. And that is a really interesting awareness to have that a lot of times we're like, well, yeah, I wouldn't be stressed if I knew how I was going to pay my bill, right? Maybe you're feeling this at this moment in time. But that stress is something internal that's been going on for a long time. It's how it's your relationship with money. And so you can have the money, but you what I found is I would always be afraid that it wouldn't last. And then inevitably, that's kind of what would happen. So I go on these cycles. Now, there are also naturally cycles in business. The goal is that we have some reserves built up both personally and professionally. And that may not happen in the first couple of years of doing your business. But as I guide you as, as a business coach, I want to help more artists to feel that not only are they do they not have to be starving artists, that they can begin building an empowered business from the very beginning and begin thinking of it in terms of how can I have reserves? How can I price my work in such a way that it will be effective, efficient, profitable. You know, these are conversations that we have often in the expansive artists and in artful selling, which I'm reopening in uh, September right after Labor Day. So stay tuned if that's something you'd like to join me with, because we really do join me on, we really do a deep dive around your revenue goals and planning. And it does Tap into this relationship you have with money. So, without going into that whole conversation as well, I just want to share that the stress I've realized, and it's taken me to learn this a little bit the hard way to have the experience of having money, to have the experience of having loss. And, you know, mostly my business has been profitable and or break even at certain times, a lot of it is just balancing personal expenses living in Los Angeles and also business expenses, and, and all of the things that we are all juggling. But the stress of when it's a slower cycle or slower season, or I didn't have what I needed to pay that particular bill, that really stayed with me. and. The stress also doesn't help you come up with new ideas or really eliminate worry. And it's going somewhere, right? It's going somewhere in your body. And I don't say this to, I don't want everyone to feel, or me to feel afraid, like we can't experience stress. We can, but the more awareness we begin to have, our bodies can handle it, but we want to be aware of it as soon as it's coming. And awareness does so much in terms of how you can begin healing that, transforming your relationship with money, transforming the stress with which you may be running your business, the anxiety that comes from choosing either this life or this business. And there's a reason that I say it takes a courageous soul to pursue the creative path because it does. And it takes a courageous soul to build a business of any kind, to call themselves an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur or however you want to refer to yourself. It takes courage. And what we want to be sensitive to is when the stress levels are getting too high. Because what I will also say is that that stuff is all kind of, metrics and on paper not to say it's not important I'm seeing that at the end of the day if you don't have your health you can't pursue any of that anyway and you know so let's do our best to not internalize these fears and to find our peace with the challenges that are consistent and dare I say normal, whatever that word means exact actually, but are very much a part of the life of a business owner. I know that in this episode I have spoken to many different areas of a very simple topic of I had a surgery, I am healing. I am so appreciative of the kindness and good thoughts that I have received. It has been difficult for me to open up about this journey, but the hesitation I feel is minimal in comparison to what I receive when I do open up about it. And I want you to know that it is with great care, which is probably why I'm slowing down or stumbling over my words sometimes in this episode. I am not wanting to speak to you from a place of being traumatized myself by any of these experiences. So I know I'm doing okay with that if I'm feeling good about them and feeling gratitude, even for the places that have felt hard, then I, I hope that this is coming across with that intent that you are okay. You are not alone. There are solutions. This, anything to do with your health, it can be this powerful conduit for growth for awareness for a deepening of appreciation of your life and the people in it and that's a good thing of course I would love for no one to have to go through it but you know we're human sometimes sometimes but medicine is also amazing it's amazing science and medicine and then if you match that with the right caretakers who are in this field for the right reasons wow super grateful so that's what I have for you on this creative Thursday it wasn't too squeamish right it was fine it was fine (laughs) if you fast forwarded and you got here I think it's okay I I didn't go I didn't go too far down the squeamish rabbit hole and I do look forward to having this conversation. I thank you again for not offering uh, too much unsolicited advice for me on this journey, but I appreciate also your trust in me and sharing your stories with me. And if there's a conversation you wanna have or an expert that you think would be helpful, or if you are an expert and you think it would be helpful if we speak about this, I would love to know if you have discovered something that was amazing for you in terms of your health or your fertility journey. Of course, I would love to know and maybe that's something I can pass on. If it's not right for me, I could pass it on here. Basically, I would love for this to be a conversation. And when it comes to these personal types of conversations, and I recommend this for you too, it's very much okay and healthy to set boundaries around how you wanna have that conversation and you get to do that with your families too. The best question that was asked, and I'm really thankful of my mom for doing this for me on this go round, and she just said, how can I support you? That is the best question that we can ask someone going through something that we may or may not have firsthand experience with, but we really want to help them or at least let them know that we're here for them. And so I will ask you the same. And I hope that this episode is supporting you should you find yourself in a similar situation. So until next time, we're going to be talking about some prepping for a holiday sales season and one of my favorite topics, planning, because the profitable artist planning workshop is coming up in August. And then we're opening that into Artful Selling. And every time I've led three sessions of Artful Selling and every time I just love it so much, I get to coach with you and work with you and help you have really big ahas when it comes to building a very solid foundation in your business so that you don't have to experience things the way that I have. I know I can't take away all your challenges. I'm not supposed to. You don't really want me to because you're on your path and what you're experiencing is for your benefit of personal growth if you choose to see it that way. But in all the ways that I can support you, that is what I'm here for. And I can certainly support you And a lot of insight in both how I did things right and how I wish maybe I had done things in a different way. I just didn't know didn't know any different. That's okay. And just in the practical steps of building a solid, healthy business, and in this case, a healthy body as well. So I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening.